car order, it's always been car order. I strongly disagree. That's the way it is. Ripped him out through the window in a nice way. Just so I could go down and drink a carton while everyone punches on. Just pisses me to tears. That's the worst thing you can do. You shut up, you hack. Talking about boat ramps. This is what I wanted to get through from the start. You just been an idiot. And welcome to Chumming Up, uh, the fishing, spearfishing and ocean adventure podcast that fishes for everything except compliments. We don't care about your opinion, right, Leewald? Nah, nah. Stuff them if they don't like it and get rooted. <laughs> uh, that's not even true, but it sounds cool. Uh, if you do like the podcast, make sure to give us a review <laughs> uh, on your little podcasting platform because, uh, yeah, we... we uh, Love the feedback. We need that endorphin kick. Yeah, that's it. I am Squirrely and that other voice you heard is the co-host, Lee Leewald Mitchell. How you going, big horse? Yeah, going good. Yeah, dusted yourself off of a couple quiet days fishing and confidence yeah. back. Oh, confidence ain't back yet. I don't know what's better. One day, well, the last two days are done. One day I went donuts and then yesterday we dropped a slam, dropped a blue, a black and a sail, all three. So yeah. just like, getting worse. Like you said it. Anyone can catch them. Takes skill to miss all of them. All three, yeah. Usually you get one by accident or something, but nah. Yeah. So I, I think we better introduce our guest today, don't you reckon? Yep, definitely. Yeah, because this guy uh, is responsible for more people eating sword than Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh! Welcome to the yes. podcast, Ben Nagsy Nags. Thanks, mate. How are you going? That's uh, the best <laughs> intro I've ever had. <laughs> Is it the first time you've been compared to Ron Jeremy, though? That's what everyone wants to know. I did once have a good mo going that time. <laughs> I, I thought you were going somewhere else than mo. There you go. Uh, How's everything going? You are the manager of the Xmouth Game Fishing Club. We're right in uh, the lead up to our biggest tournament. Um, Gamex. Yep. Is yep. it all just busy? It's it's always busy. Gamex is just a hungry beast. Um, so yeah, it takes a, a bit of organisation. It sort of um, you know peaks now, but it starts straight after the last Gamex finished. Um, being a big tawny, it's um, it's all looking good though for this year. The numbers are a little bit down because um, yep. of COVID and other bits and pieces like that that have gone on. But we're still looking like we're going to have a pretty good comp. So. Getting excited for it. Now all the actual organisation's done and you can get into and the fun stuff and crack a few beers. <laughs> yeah. Is it like that, just excitement when it's on or is it still draining? Oh, a bit of both. Yeah, it's you know, it takes a, a lot of effort to get going. We're sort of lucky to have some some pretty handy volunteers and all that kind of thing that, that help us out. But, um, you know, it's just once all the stress of like other – the prize is going to rock up, but all that sort of shit gets out of the way and we can just get down, you know, the lads are here and, and have a laugh and, um, yeah, it's, it's good fun. That's good. Uh, do, you, do you know how many boats you've got in uh, this year? I think we're so going to be about sort of 40 maximum, probably in the high 30s, I reckon that's what it's going to be. So I think last year was, I think we had 52 entered, but then COVID hit sort of right yeah. at the start of it. Yeah, that so was we had a few peak. Months. It was so bad. <laughs> um, but so there was about, I, don't know, I think we ended up with 47 or 48 fishing last year because a few pulled out last minute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're sort of 10-ish down um, on last year, There's which in that 10 there's a few well-known 
teams or guys that aren't going to be there, which is going to mix things up a little bit interesting this year. So um, yeah, yeah I, th- I think it makes it interesting. I- I'm interested to see how uh, the Calcutta's going to go because I don't think you've got those couple favourite boats that are going to take the money. So I think it it could go either way of a lot of people backing themselves in this year. Well, you're, you're the auctioneer, so you're telling me you're already I'm setting my standards low. <laughs> yeah, is that what yeah, it is? yeah. Well, I, I think you you set your standards low when you got me as the auctioneer. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, you did a bloody good job last year. Well, so. I, I know Josh won't be going under the radar this year because the boat auction. What is it? Two hundred bucks. Silent auction. If you go for under two hundred, you don't go into the verbal well, auction. We've changed a little bit this year, so it was sort of just the way it was set up. Um, I actually didn't find out about. Very long ago, <laughs> um, at all. So <laughs> you yeah, can I didn't. Move the bike with you, if you <laughs> yeah. like. Um, so yeah, so last year, um, yeah, Josh didn't go to auction, um, and yeah. which was great for him. He got a bugger <laughs> all, so that's really good. Um, I think he will this year because he's right. defending champion and all the rest of it. I but, think so. Um, yeah, there's a couple of little changes to that that um, silent auction to try and make it a little bit um, easier because you end up with two things. Either you've got way too many boats to be auctioned, um, so it takes forever and everyone's sort of over it by the time it's finished. So you really want those, you know, that top group that everyone think is going to win or you end up, you know, there's not enough money in the pot and it's not, you know, as good yeah, a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so this year that'll – change it. We just want a little tiny little tweaks that happens each year to how we do things. Yeah, so. Okay, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I think a real key part to the boat auction is I think John Prince, I talked to him yesterday, is trying to make it up in time. He might be a day late or something. If he can make it with Jan Prince and someone gives her a couple of champagnes, <laughs> the bu- it'll be twice as twice yeah. as lucrative as it should be. Yeah. Key, key. I think, I think Jan's won it before and spent more than she actually got back. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen John and Jan bidding against each other on opposite sides of the room because there was like 300 people there and they didn't realise it was them <laughs> against each other over their own boat. I'm pretty yeah. sure I've seen Jan... <laughs> Bidding against Jan <laughs> as well. Perfect. I, I think the easiest part of that will be getting Jan a fucking couple champagne. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I did say I think uh, the XBF Game Fishing Club shared yesterday. I didn't read the full story, but uh, the international. Yeah, so the International Game Fishing Association (IGFA), which is obviously the governing body for worldwide for clubs and and associations and stuff like that um they've got a new president and he's been here before um i'm not 100 percent if it was for it was during gamex where he just came here for a visit before he was the president this guy i can't pronounce his last name so i won't even try <laughs> he's been around igfa for quite a long time just um, call him old mate yeah old <laughs> it mate, works yeah. for everyone old mate prez yeah old mate <laughs> he um he's been yeah within IGFA for quite a while in their conservation um, realm. And um, he's a new president that's come on board. And um, Marlin Magazine did a did an interview with him um, just saying, you know, what are you hoping to achieve? All that sort of stuff, like a bit of a press release thing about the new pres. And just one of those, you know, nice little fluff questions you ask, well, where's your favourite place to fish? And he said, look, I've fished all over the world. I've been really lucky, blah, blah, blah. But one place that stands out is Exmouth for the variety of fishing, great people, nice place, all that sort of thing. So for someone like that who's fished, you know, everywhere all over the shop and has been, you know, obviously right involved in the whole sort of industry, it's a pretty big thing for Rexy. Um, I think 
I've, I've been not anywhere near that amount of fishing experience, but I've been lucky because my background's been in fishing magazines and I've travelled all around, particularly Australia and a fair bit overseas as well, fishing. Um, and this is the place. I mean, I moved here because of it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, so uh, I, I still think we don't really realise how good we have it, you know, like this for a whole bunch of reasons, um, the fishing in Exmouth, particularly the, the game and sport fishing side of things. Yeah. Um, it's properly world class yeah you know? and we there. just sort of take it as oh and cards and blues and this and that and whatever like mate you don't <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. It, it's just a small thing to go out and drop a drop, drop a slam, slam you yeah. know like, <laughs> just, like just we casually. do it every day yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do you know how many people would die to drop a slam like us <laughs> probably no one <laughs> no one yeah. literally no it. one <laughs> <laughs> um but uh so so where's Gamex sit as a as a comp like uh, being from here. It's like is it as well world renowned or is it big I, in Australia? I think compared? it is. Um, it's it's one of those comps that I mean I I probably heard about Gamex. I'm I'm from Adelaide originally um, and was a nutcase fisher growing up and all that sort of thing. I reckon I'd heard about Gamex before I'd even heard about Xmouth. You know, yeah. so but it's one of those things you you talk to guys particularly east coast guys and they've all heard of it and want to fish it and blah 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 the limiting factor is you know getting over here and bringing your own boat or whatever it's yeah, you know, yeah. across the bloody continent and then you're looking at internationally it's well regarded but we're lit, you know around the other side of the world for for most of the guys that are going to come from the states or you know there's the japanese and those guys that are sort of into stuff they don't seem to be you know, big time game fishers, a lot of those guys, they're more interested in GTs and things like that yeah. we've got here. But um, it certainly punches way above its its weight as a, as a comp. Um, it's, it's the biggest fishing event in WA um, as far as some um, uh, prestige and pot and all the rest of it goes. There are actually some bigger comps people-wise that happen down – Rockingham had like a squid comp that was just like <laughs> I was looking at the yeah. numbers going what? Yeah. Yeah. Rockingham's full of squids. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to so, leave the beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, numbers wise, we're limited by a bunch of things of accommodation and you know where we are. But um, the comp itself, yeah, it's definitely sort of up there, and it's kind of the it's been the plan for a long time. It's one of the things I'm really keen to sort of crack into um, while I'm around the club is to to elevate it to be, you know, definitely the biggest comp in Australia or the most prestigious and then get into that sort of, you know, world-class event sort of thing, which is, like I said, it's been on – it's it's been building to that for quite a long time. There's been some um, people that have been involved in the event. Jenny Gates is a good one. She did a lot of stuff for a lot of years um, to, to really push it and I sort of took over a little bit from, from her. She's still around the place to help. But, um, yeah, some of those things to just get it into that next realm – yeah, you know, it's going to take a little bit of some more sponsors and some more work and everything, but I reckon we'll get there eventually. Yeah, from from my point of view, I I definitely believe what you're saying there. <clears throat> it's got a lot going on. Like, um, it's, it's for anyone who doesn't know, GameX, you fish for six days straight. There's a rigging nights before presentation night after. There's a party night midway through where lines out early, which is awesome. Get on the piss. <laughs> and um, there's 27 sections in there that you can fish for, so it's not just a one-trick pony, but they all accumulate back together into two major sections. One is billfish overall, and the other one is capture overall, and capture includes all registered forms of game fish like over the six days, like 
teams that have won it in the past, you catch catch 15 different species of game fish on all your line classes, you know. So it's just unbelievable variety. And the hardest bit seems to be you can't fish both sections that yeah. easily. So it's amazing you can fish six days straight sun up to sundown and walk away wishing you could fish more. That's, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love about it. But I think what it, ha- what it particularly has is, like Ben's saying, as an event, it is easily WA's best fishing event and it's a wicked event. But then as our location is, we have the best fishing in the world that I've experienced. It's not just smoke and mirrors and pom-poms saying, look at this event. The fish are there. So why wouldn't you want to fish it? And that's the thing, the whole – the way it's set up, like you said, you've got like two halves to it. And it is – at its essence, it's a line class tournament, um, which is – a little bit different. Like there's not many of that left line class fishing has gone by the wayside a little bit in recent times with braid and all that kind of thing coming in that just sort of changes the way we fish day to day or most sort of punters do. But GameX has maintained that and because of that and because of its sections and because what Xmouth is, it's a really good showcase of the fishing we got here because you're going to have, you know, There'll be big marlin caught, big blues and everything down to little stuff on one kilo, but that gives you all these different species. I was going through the um, GFAA uh, annual the other day just because I always, you know, I'm putting together fluff pieces and whatever, talking about GameX trying to promote it, and we're always saying, oh, you know, there's this amount of species you can catch and different whatever. You actually go through the registered game fish in Australia. There's – I can't remember what the number was, but it was like I think there's – 58 or something along those lines total there's like 51 of them you can catch here and they're all right there's a few in there like you know blue sharks and things that you probably wouldn't want to anyway but <laughs> you you know you, you're not going to see like you know australian salmon have technically we've caught them here they've been yeah. caught here yeah. but you wouldn't go chase one you know nah. yeah. but you take there's only a handful of those oddball ones and the rest are all like dead you can if you get six days you can go and catch those fish you yeah know? Um, and that's what we end up with the, at the end. You go like, look at this list of fish. There's nowhere else that comes close, man, you know? like So it's, um, again, we're pretty spoiled with the joint, but I think GameX sort of the way that it's evolved and set up and how it is now um, takes a little bit to, to get your head around how to fish it and how to win it. But it's, you know, shows a hell of a lot of diversity and, and it sort of really gives everyone a chance to do all sorts of different stuff while they're here. So I think it's a cool comp. Yeah, and I think with those, like you're saying, with those multiple species that can be fished for, we, for some unbegotten reason, we have them in XXL size too. Yep. Every GameX I've been involved in going down to, there hasn't been one where I haven't seen multiple world records claimed yep. in the game wreck. Yep. We're talking world records, like let alone the, the amount of state and Australian records that get claimed every ta- time the tournament's on. Yeah. Well, last year's um, Matt Gates from Tackle World X Mouth Got a golden on oh, – forgive me if I'm wrong, but I two. think it was – was it two? Yeah. and Yeah, that's right. I was going to say four. Um, there was a world record. That's been ratified. That's there. That, that, was, that was on that my same boat. School. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, was, I was the one yeah. driving the boat well, when we got it. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so you had another fish out of that same school at the same time, which would have been a record or just missed it on three or something. Yeah, like, missed it by like 100 grams or something. Two world records right there. Like, and it's just, yeah, nuts. So Yeah, 10.2 on two. That's it, yeah. So yeah. I forgot you were fishing with <laughs> I was yeah. the one driving the boat. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a really cool capture. There's plenty of high fives and that going when that yeah, come on the boat. Sick. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I mean, is that your only world record you've got 
Jaron Gamex, didn't you get one with uh, Custard? Yeah, we got the Hammerhead, 154 point something on four. Yep. Yep. Um, maybe a couple others. Yeah. Was that, was that in the lagoon or behind out in the – Well, a bit of both. It, was, <laughs> it, was, it took us four and a half hours to get, so it started in, went out, <laughs> and we thought, oh, there's no chance we're getting this, and then it come back in. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we stayed on 150 kilo hammerhead on four for four and a half hours. So, yeah, we were pretty lucky. And back then it was full points for sharks and still lost it, so that was even more talented. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. that, that was another runner-up in yeah. Gamex. Yeah, another one, yeah. Yeah, standard. <laughs> It, it, pay, it pays out on the Calcutta for second, doesn't it? Mm, mm. Oh, that might help you this year. <laughs> uh, th- this is your first year going for the uh, billfish section. Yep. So I'm going to fish the billfish section this year, something of, like I said, the tournament's um, two sections, capture and billfish, and it's hard to be really competitive in both, so you fish one or the other. And I've always wanted to try and sink my teeth into the billfish section, so have a go at that this year. So, Good to see you getting all the drops out of the way beforehand. So yeah. You know, right. well, that yeah. has been brought up every day. <laughs> We're like, this is how you do it. I can see it's like, yeah, ha, ha, yeah, it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I've learned how to not catch them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that, that was one thing um, I was going to bring up is uh, talking about the fish getting weighed and stuff like that. I know as a kid uh, growing up here, we used to go down uh, every night. It used to be at the Potshot Resort. Had the indoor cricket nets, and then just watch all the fish getting weighed. Uh, you had your queenies and everything else like that, which was cool. Uh, and then there were obviously a lot more billfish getting weighed. Then um, the clubs decided not to have a section for weighed billfish. Yeah, uh, we we changed it. I can't actually remember if it was last year, or the year before. I think when we last year, we did have. A couple of sections for weighed billfish. So it was um, basically heavy tackle and light tackle, heaviest yep. marlin weight weighed in on either. They hadn't gone off either of them for years and years because no one was really fishing it. Even we had a, a year a few years ago, um, Julian Pepperell, who's most guys will probably know, is a well-known marine biologist. Um, they were doing a black marlin genetic um, study um, and we needed a small black to be necked and brought in. And nobody would do it, like just because I don't. I, it's, there's a few things like you can easily put it down to like, oh, I don't want greenies in my face. Yeah. But it's also guys like you've got to deal with it on the deck. You know, you've got to bring it. You're, it's it's it can slow you down, all that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. So I ended up, um, I think um, Ed Lawler ended up grabbing one for that. We we got that, but <laughs> it was just nobody was fishing it. You know, no one's yeah. really like targeting that section. And the, there was the prices weren't huge, but I think it was a thousand bucks and some bits and pieces left over. But no one was sort of doing it and that prize was just going to waste every year. So, And then we were having other guys talking about um, previously the way the scoring was set up. If you came down, real tees are a really good example. They, they're coming down from Broome. They're fishing GameX. Yeah, they want to be competitive, but in Exmouth they want to have some fun. And um, Ross Newton, the skip, wants to catch blues. That's what he wants to do when he's in Exmouth. Yep. But – he's going out there catching blues on 60 and getting little blacks coming up and catching a few of those and they're getting bugger all points for it and they were sort of saying that we feel like we're being, you know, um, penalised for chasing blues. You know, you should be in chasing small blacks to blah, 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 blah. So what we sort of decided on doing there was, all right, let's take these billfish weighed sections 
get rid of those so we can free up that bit of prizes and we'll have – I think it's been done in the past anyway um, – your billfish tag and release sections for light tackle, which is 1 to 10, medium is 15 and 24, and heavy, which is 37 and 60. And then that way it's you can do it, but it's going to be very, very hard for the team that – um, wins the overall tag and release Marlin section to win all of those as well or even the second place. So it spreads it out a bit. It worked last year. We had um, I think at least one of them went to a team that didn't really rate that well overall. Yeah. But they won some cool prizes for having that section and it's trying to just like dis- distribute it a little bit better so you don't have the team that's killed it and won has just taken out all these other sections Everything, too. Yeah. But at the same time – we as a club, we're not saying we don't want to weigh billfish here. We want to, if someone catches a horse, particularly yeah. if it's a record, we want to see it, you know. So the change of rules was that section's gone, but you are still welcome to bring a billfish into weigh if you think it's going to be a record. So there's in the rules, there's some minimum length figures to give you an idea. So long as well, I think we said initially said if it's within 10% of the record, because you can't, you know, you don't know yeah, so yeah. a lot of the time. Um, and then we, that was hard, so we change it to minimum length sort of thing. And that also gives you tables that are in the rules there to go because there's heaps of them that are vacant, particularly the female and kids ones and stuff like that and, you know, spearfish and things like that that we don't see all the time. Yeah. So you can weigh those in. Um, so, yeah, that was sort of how we got around that. No one weighed a billfish in. Oh, that last year might have been one that was accidentally caught. Maybe it was the year before. No one weighed anything in properly last year anyway. And then um, – the plan going forward is to bring a billfish weighed section back, but it won't be in that format. It'll probably be um, biggest marlin weight over 800 pound or the minimum, whatever we do, whatever the size is or the minimum length, which we do in the heavy tackle tournament. And that I want to get to be almost like a side section. So you can win that by being nowhere near the leaders but out there looking for a big girl, you know, which you can do right from the start or you can get a couple of days out and go, yeah. we're not going to win. Right, let's put the big gear out and just try and get a horse. Yep. And I want to do that. Um, I'm definitely going to do it as um, connected with the heavy tackle tournament in December, which has basically a pretty similar section. Yep. And jackpot that between GameX and, and heavy tackle so we can get the money up a little bit better and then maybe look at some other things to try and make it a – like a proper prize, like some some big money in it. So, yeah, um, full on. Yeah, and there's a few other things we're doing like that. Um, said you off off before we started um, that I can't announce yet, but there'll be some stuff Secrets. happening for next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned for 2022. Well, there'll be some yeah on the briefing of the presentation night for this year. It's going to be some announcements. So I'll talk to you about it again later. But yeah, to try and get some of those prizes up and just some some stuff to just get everyone involved and always give everyone a chance. I mean, you've you've got because we've got 27 sections in GameX, you you've got all sorts of things that you can go and target to win a good prize, literally right up until the last hour. Like you know, like yeah. within line class sections and things like that uh, that you're you're fishing through the week to to rack up points but you can always at any point go yeah, switch it yeah we know we're near it let's just go and target something on six or whatever and try and get a anything big mackie whatever and you know win some stuff so the guys that do it well you know even if they don't win they end up racking up enough of those smaller prizes to walk away with a heap of stuff, you know, a bunch of good shimano gear and all that kind of thing so yeah, yeah that's that's what i like about it and i like that 
we've we can allow for that and try and get as many guys you know if you're a little bit switched on or even if you're not and just get a little bit lucky <laughs> yeah. you, know, yeah. you still got a good chance and everyone has a fun time rather it's you know because it sucks when you you know you go and fish a tournament and you do half well and you win nothing you know yeah. whereas yeah it's I, nice to it's i think you're on the right page but like you're saying that over the years you're trying to turn gamex into a beast I think if you had, like you said, you can go and fish the line class sections and win beautiful telecas and stuff like that. But if you had 50 or 100 grand or something ridiculous sitting there for a blue marlin over 800 pound on the last two days or from the get-go, you would have guys yeah. chewing at the bit to fish that. Yeah, and like, I, that's, that's my this is my personal opinions because you know everything's got to go through committees and stuff yeah, like that yeah. with clubs and yeah. there's things, there's, there's rules through um, – uh, GFAA, Game Fishing Association Australia, they don't like big prize pots and whatever. But there's, it's just about trying to communicate it all, and because it's it it brings in their, their um, argument against these sorts of things is that it brings in the possibility of cheating and people fishing for not the right reasons, and you know look, looking after the fish and all the you know sportsmanship and all that kind of stuff, which is true. I agree with. Yep. Um, so they don't like these big prize pots, but I think there's ways around it, and I, I would like to see. GameX particularly having, you know, sections there that, as I said to you before, you win it and it's almost life-changing. You know, you're yeah. going to get an awesome prize. There's cred there, the whole lot, and, you know, you can do stuff. For I mean, if, even if you look at guys, it's sort of a little bit there anyway, but guys like um, Ed Lawler or Josh won it last year or whatever, that's a big thing for their their business. You know, they oh. can push that and, you know, we're a reigning champion or won it this many times and whatever – um, if it then sort of becomes, well, we won it and this group of guys that chartered us won a hundred grand a boat or whatever, you know, that sort of thing, it's next year they're going to get guys that are, you know. Oh, definitely. Falling <laughs> over each other to, to get on the boat. Like you said, if, you, if you've done six days straight against a field of 50-odd boats, you're saying normally, and come out on top, you're pretty good at what you do. You're not <laughs> lucky, you know. So... Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like a 2020 cricket match versus a test. You know, but, a test sorts people out, whereas you can get lucky. And, win, and that's that's to have that little thing in GameX where you can just get lucky and get a fish and win a prize. Yeah. But to win it overall, you got to be consistent. You know, everyone, most teams will have, the winner will have at least one good day, as you know. Yeah. But it's generally just trying to just keep, don't have a bad day. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the key, you know. Yeah, keep your average up yeah. and then that one day that can get your head. If things go right, yeah, I, I think that's it. My, mainly just keeping that. I, I think everyone tries to catch at least a couple a day, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, um, it it is sounding exciting. Like everything about GameX. The uh, the other exciting thing is this uh, sword comp that you've brought in for the broad bill um, for for the game fishing club as well. Um, can you explain that? Yeah, so that, that's another actual thing that came off GameX. That was another section that's been there for quite a while that was um, hark back to when GameX, before all the world changed with insurance and everything like that, used to have you could fish at night or you could – I think you nominated one night that you could fish. Was that what it was? Uh, it was before my time. It, it started off uh, there was um, – you could – it turned into you could fish nights and then it uh, – Morphed into you had to select a yeah. night, let let them know. Was yeah, so you're out. Yeah, yeah but there were from when I started GameX, which wasn't that long ago, maybe seven eight years ago or something. 
um, you could start fishing at midnight was lines yeah. in. So you still had that night time through till sunup if you wanted as well. So you could start fishing at midnight and lines out was five o'clock or whatever. And then and there was an all-nighter you could select, but then that got the all-nighter and the, the it starts at 7 a.m. or something now. They got taken away because of insurance purposes. And Were there also, any crackheads that just smashed it because of – <laughs> oh, I don't know about crackheads, but definitely the, the guys that didn't want to sleep and worked harder than everyone got the rewards. Well, the um, the Karatha Major comp during Finacle, the uh, Dampier Classic, is four days, all day, all night, the whole four days, and you only have to weigh in on the middle of it once. Yeah. So the guys are just like – they're nearly running like day and night shift, which works perfectly because most of the guys are that work day and night shift yeah, there yeah. anyway, where you'll have two guys up fishing through the night, one guy sleeping, and then when you've got to travel in the morning, he gets up, moves. It's, it's hardcore. Mate, it, it, it sucks as a decky. I remember <laughs> that. I was like, nah, fuck this. I'm getting $100 a day and you want me for 24 hours. <laughs> you yeah, used to fish a snapper comp back in SA that was like that for a few years, of four days yeah. of just go, and it was – I did it. Twice, I I feel physically sick thinking about it, man. It was just <laughs> same deal. You had to fish it in shifts and what, and then you know you're trying to get baits. And this is probably this is back before we all fish plastics and things like that. And just oh, horrid. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was sort of fun, sort of I think, but uh, uh, well, it, it wasn't. It's wasn't funny, good. like all the tournaments that I've been a part of uh, when I was younger. As they cut the hours, I'd always be like, "This is bullshit. We should, this is a fishing comp. We should be fishing." And then every single time, I don't know, I just wouldn't learn. You'd fish it, and you're like, "This is way better." And then now I'm it's on the holding. It's like, let's just make it one hour a yeah. day. Yeah. And that if you can't catch a fish in that, too bad. Yeah. You know, it just you just it just becomes so much better without having to burn the candle. <laughs> Yeah, I think we had uh, one year where we were right in the comp and then uh, they decided to fish for swords that night. So I went, uh, everyone went to sleep and it was just me. So I went the full 24 hours and then uh, like stayed out there to start again and we, um, I think we needed one billfish to tie for the lead, which still would have had us behind. But um, I'm on the leader with no sleep, and then I just hear uh, the skipper just screaming at this uh, new decky that we had at the top, and um, he's yelling, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, what is going on? Just blurry as. <laughs> and I look to the side. She's got the gaff for her bill. We, we've tagged 24 marlin, and for some reason she just thought, I'll grab the gaff for this one. <laughs> and it was still I can remember my head at that time just, Dreamy, like what? What is happening? Is this real? Because it got off and we lost the comp. So from that one fish, yeah, I, I think that might have put us tie first, which would have put Still. a second anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> well, one thing with the all nighter anyway, with the capture section, it it eventuated almost as more a strategic position in the end than it did an actual fishing session for the night because if you took the all-nighter, you didn't have to bring in the fish you'd captured in so no one knew what you caught. So everyone in the end used it as the last night of the comp and you could weigh in two days' worth of fish and no one really knew where you were at so they didn't know how to catch you or or Yeah, it would have been a nightmare for like the 
volunteers at yeah. the club. Yeah. And that's so. so typical of like, you know, I know you're sort of into it, but rules for comps, I'm, I haven't, you know, I've been around heaps of comps and things like that over the past, but it's only that since I've been involved with the club that I've actually been, you know, responsible for looking at rules and setting things and whatever. And you just, you know, you, you're trying to think of, okay, we want to do this, what's that going to affect? Yeah. And being fishos and stuff, and you, it's always going to have some other effect that you hadn't considered until you go and fish it. And I like, I love that guys find like, you know, I found a tactical advantage for yeah, this. I think it's cool. Off. You know, everyone's going to do it. But it's, that's why these comps should always be tweaked all the time. You should be every year, okay, what are we going to do about this that we either like or want to push or want to try and, you know, steer people away? Because the way you set those rules is you're dictating what you want those guys to go and catch, you know, like, and, yeah. and that comes down to, you know, there's so many things. You've got your GFAA regulations. You've got what, you know, your average fella that comes up and, and enters wants to do while he's here. Yeah. What sponsors want, all that sort of stuff. So it all comes into one. And you get a few, like, you know, from time to time. I know there's guys down the club that have been involved a hell of a lot longer than I have that tell me all stories of arguments and this and that and whatever <laughs> that have happened over time because people are passionate and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's a bunch of volunteers doing it. It's, yeah. They don't necessarily have time to, you know, go over every last little detail on it. And that's, this is how these sorts of things happen and you end up with stuff like that, you know, like just things that aren't really intended or don't, aren't fished as they're intended to be. Yeah, that's right. And I think um, particularly with rules like that, when I was younger, I just wanted – to fish as much as we could, you know, 25 hours a day and go hard. And if no one else liked that, well, stuff them. Now I'm older, I want to fish with my son, fish with my father still. I want everyone coming into town to fish. And I think that's where the hours you can fish, the distances and places you can fish and the weather you can fish in because we've got a relatively new three or four-year weather allowance plan that's been tweaked quite well I believe makes a competition fair as it should be because you know if you you can't have people fishing with kids and have fishing 24 hours a day and be, and believe that they've got a fair chance to fish against where well, you want those kids to be able to have a fair chance so you bring it in and the same with like weather rules and that oh no we can fish in 35 knots well it's all right for you in a 60 footer <laughs> old mate's got a five meter boat here you know so I think that that's the goal that the club is having to bring that as a fair competition is very starting to shine. Yeah, and that it's thing, that, that word fair, I mean, it's, again, because we've got so many sections, so many species, so many different, if someone wants to fish in the Gulf and do this and that, and you're trying to do it across, you know, it's easy if you're doing, we're all fishing for big marlin and that's it. Yeah. But trying to like spread it out and get the scoring system working for everything, you know, regardless of what you want to do, it's, it's a challenge and it's, you know, um, it's been going on refining that thing for what's GameX is like 53 years old basically um, to get down to and it's never going to be perfect because there's always funny exceptions and things like that and you can see it in the rules there's little things that someone's found an advantage one year and okay we have to change that for next year to stop <laughs> that you know why'd you look at Leywold when you said that <laughs> I'd, I'd love to find one that help me win it <laughs> Um, yeah, but the sword. Yeah, top. sorry, getting back to the swordfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that yeah, that came out of Gamefish of, of GameX. There was a a section there for swordfish, which was that night fishing allowed for um, before back in the days before we knew we could catch them during the day. Yep. Um, with different techniques. So and 
um, that I don't know when the last time someone weighed a sword in during Game X because it was one of those things that was particularly once the night time went out. Um, you, yeah, you can go and chase that section, but no one really did it until the last day or two as one of those ones that, well, I'm not going to win yeah. Marlin section or whatever I'm doing. Um, so I'll go and try and do that. But the scoring also didn't – it's still as it is now, Broadbill and um, any of the Marlin species are the same points. Yeah. So the time you got to put in to catch a sword is a lot more than you're going to, you know, troll, hopefully troll up a little black or something. Yeah. Um, so it was just not getting fished and not claimed. So – we knocked that out of GameX to um, allow for – pull that money out or that prize into something else, um, but we still want a sword comp. So that sort of came from, well, should we do a, a separate swordfish comp? Um, as in the last few years, everyone started to, particularly on the East Coast, get into um, deep dropping during the day and catching them flat out. Um, and then we were looking at just doing a, an X-mouth comp, which would have been okay, but there's only a handful of us that really do it here. Yep. Um, so decided to to change that with um, – it's the first time WAGFA, the Western Australian Game Fishing Association, have allowed for it, a, a competition that wasn't just, you know, a weekend or whatever. It goes for six months and it's anywhere in WA you want to fish. So that's um, been something that's really cool because we can fish it hopefully on an equal pegging out of here in Exmouth where you've got – you know, should be the better weather. The grounds are really close. You've got a whole bunch of advantages there. But the guys down south technically should have bigger fish. Yeah. Um, so the way that the it works is that it's um, there's sort of two sections, but they're combined into one. So it's either tag the most swords in that six months or break the standing WA um, all tackle record, which is there's not technically not an all tackle record, but the biggest sword in the record sections at the moment was caught by a fellow fishing with um uh whitey cray white off um evolution charters which was 120 i should know 128.5 i think or 120 something point five um so not a really really big sword yeah um but a nice fish that was on 60 kilo so to win this comp this year you just if you break that that will supersede you know someone who goes out and tags 20 of them yep. that's you catch the bigger one that supersedes it but your that weighed fish, that fish that breaks the record, two things has to be ratified as a record. So you've got to catch it IGFA legal and all that sort of thing. You can't use an electric reel or <laughs> anything like that or catch it on a long line or some bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it also has to stand until the end of the comp, which is end of July. So that means that it keeps it live. So, you know, I go out tomorrow and catch a 150 and weigh that. Some dude can peg me on the last day and peg me. That's the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's going yeah. out of here first. <laughs> can knock me off on the last day. With like Slightly a two better. Finger. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a – it's got a bit of interest and stuff. We got um, – we started off with just wanting it to be, you know, just a little comp to start with, with a trophy and some bits and pieces. And um, it's – I've had like sponsors just – coming out of nowhere people haven't contacted just like you know want to get involved in this sounds cool yep um so we had a i think initially i had a reel and a trophy to give away and now i've got simrad gear i've got some tackle stores into whatever so the, the pots at nearly 10 gram worth stuff at the moment um and some cool stuff as well and um we've got boats entered from i think we've got about 10 at the moment there's a few guys that are going to enter because you enter anytime as well you don't have to enter right at the start so yeah but you have to enter before you before catch you the go. Fish. Yeah, it's twenty four <laughs> hours before you get out there, so okay. you've got to enter. Um, 
so yeah, there's a few other guys that are waiting from down south when they're the um, autumn weather starts to kick in. It's it's calmer. Yeah, and have a crack. So um, as it stands, um, there's been one fish tagged for it. Some dickhead tagged that. <laughs> Fucking not a good bloke. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so there's just one one fish tagged and nothing weighed in yet. So we wait and see as we go along. There, I know there were some guys out down off Durian Bay the last few days, yeah, which I haven't heard from. So I assume they haven't they didn't get haven't one. Got it. Yeah, yep. they had. They were telling me before the comp, like last um, this time last year, they had one that they caught because they're still learning how to do it. Like most of us, yeah. all just you know getting the idea of it. Um, they hooked this fish. Got it up. It sort of stuck its head out a bit, and they were like, "Oh, it might look like a swordfish." Not really sure. And then got it up, and it's a swordfish. And they're high five and the whole lot. And then got it to the side of the boat, and they reckon it was about eighty kilos, something like that. Yeah. And um, we're all stoked and everything. And yeah, let's get some pics. And then something happened. They've decided whether they were going to tag it, and someone pulled on the leader or whatever, and the fish just shook and just fell off. <laughs> and also they're like. Oh, we didn't even get a photo, nothing. Like, and he's like, we really have caught one of them, and you have to take a photo and you got to tag it, you know, yeah, for yeah. this comp. So that's not going to do it. But, Don't um, ever celebrate before yeah. <laughs> gaffs in, tags yeah. in. That's it. Get it done first. So, so the tagging has to be IGFA legal as well? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's all, um, yeah, you got to you got to do that. So there's um, some of the things, there have been some changes to rules that have happened in the last few years that have made it a bit easier. So... Um, uh, they've changed the rules on backing because it used to be you couldn't use braid, which yeah. is something that, you know, I've fished for blues up here. I've been here for not quite nine years I've been in Exmouth and um, this is the only blue fishing I've done here. I specifically didn't catch a blue until I moved to Exmouth because I knew we were going to, you know, get into it and enjoy it. Um, when I first started fishing them up until the last few years, I like to fish um, – some of the smaller reels, so like I like 50 wide tigers instead of 80s, it's just nicer and it's easier yep. in a little um, trailer boat. I've always run them with um, hollow core braid, so I was using Jerry Brown before and now I use Tasline, um, that you can fit a thousand meters of backing. You run dackers and you're going to fit, I don't even know, four or 500. Yeah, you hook that big one and you're in trouble. So that was an IGFA, GFA legal. Actually, I, I'm not 100% if it is IGFA legal, even. I know it's GFAA, they changed yeah. it. Um, I'd be surprised if IGFA, IGFA haven't done it. Um, but because of that, with sorting, makes it heaps easier because you yep. want to run braid. Yeah, that's So right. now we can do hollow core. You can just top shot with a short bit of um, nylon and then it's you can claim that record and it's heaps yep. better. So, um, yeah, that makes it easier for comps like this. So going on that a bit without giving away all your secrets, you use – Tiagras for sword fishing or Talikas? Um, both. I, I don't I, – I probably – I like the Talikas a bit better. They're just that little bit smoother, you know. Yeah, and they've um, got the higher ratio. Higher ratio. You can whack a bit more drag on them as well. Yep. Um, but we had been using 50 wides, so I've probably only caught three or four on Talikas now. We were using 50 wides before and they're perfectly fine. Yep. Um, I had had a couple of – I haven't caught a real big one yet. My biggest is estimated 150. Yep. But I had a fight with one um, February last year, just before GameX. It was the last day I could get out for a fish before I got really busy. Um, and I got one solo that was ended up necking that fish. It was 102. So it was not a really big sword. It was my PB at the time. Um, but there's something about him. I don't know if it's – I haven't caught him anywhere else, so I can't tell you for sure. But I don't know if it's here 
we definitely have the current that comes down off Exmouth is shallow. We all know that. You know, it goes down to 200 max, I think. Yep. So there's cooler water below that. Swords will usually – sometimes they race right up the top. Most of the time they just sort of work their way up and they all might jump or whatever, go down a bit. If you can get on them straight away, you can catch them really quick. Yeah. Like a, like a lot of marlin if you get on them quick – but if you, I think they're either they're either coming up into that warmer water to warm up, or there's more oxygen. And if you let them go back down and control the fight, then you're in for a world of hurt. And that day, I was solo, and I got up on the fish, got the light off, even got a tag in it. I was going to let it go, and then it went back down, and it sort of started going. And I was on it for I can't remember what it was, just a couple of hours or whatever. But man, I had like. I was maxed, maxed out drag, which I I pulled off later and tested. I think it was 24 or 26 kilos I got to measure. The Tiagra 50s aren't supposed to go to that much drag. Yeah. You know, they can't do it. Yeah. But I just like, you know, racked around the, the drag cam and going hard on this thing and they're just – that's where they get that gladiator reputation from. You know, they go yeah. so hard if you let them. Yeah. Um, and that fish was, yeah, one of like eventually got it up just – I had the obviously I'm strapped in on a, a harness. Harness broke right at the end there. I thought I just fell over and somehow <laughs> caught the rod and I thought I didn't know what was going on, man. And and then eventually got to the point where you're like, I don't care anymore. I've just got to end this, you know? <laughs> and got on the top of the leader and just did the whole cans underneath, you know, like full and back on him and yeah, ended up that fish was just basically the time I got it to the side of the boat it was dead. So yeah. necked it and then, you know, trying to get in the boat and it's it was 100 kega. You know, we're catching yeah. them 300 and something now. And I'm convinced there's big ones here. Yeah, well, talking to the longlining guys yeah, of the past, X-mouths, where the biggest ones are, mm. which is unusual. Like you said, you would think down south would be that, which I'm sure it actually is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I had similar experience with sword fishing out of here. I uh, had a day out with Matt Gates and uh, Paul, Paul Worsling. And we caught a little one. Paul caught first up maybe 30 kegs. And I thought, is this it? Is this all they got? He just did nothing, literally swam up. And then it was my turn around. Very next drop, hooked one, come straight up, unclipping the lights off the leader. So got it on the leader. So on the leader. So technically got the release. The fish looked to us to be about 150 kilos. Um, Unclipped the first light, reaching for the second, went down. Never seen it again for half an hour and then the hook pulled and didn't even look like Tony. Yeah. It just I, I imagine they reckon they got that warming system around their yeah. brain and that they come up, they warm up like any cold blooded animal and then they come to life. But I have heard same thing, Tasmania and that, or if you've hooked if you hook them deep originally, they don't like that obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And they run hard from the get go. But I'm yet to experience that through the few swords I've been a part of. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm I don't know, but I'm fairly convinced it's warmth here. I think because yeah. we've got a, we all know we've got a, a north from south, so north running counter current, yeah. and I reckon that water down there is cold. Um, and then on top, it's a big water temperature change, and yeah. you can just see they go from a lot of the time pretty dry. I have had them like bolt up and jump and go nuts, you know, a couple of times, but um, most of the time it's relatively sedate and they work their way up and. Might stick their head out and stuff so you can see it's a sword and go down. It's the, when they warm up, suddenly the fight completely changes. You know, they can rip drag and they're just stubborn. It's sort of like it's like a billfish cross a tuna sometimes, you know, the <laughs> yeah. way they just sort it's of a, sit down there. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I do I find them funny. They're the complete opposite to selfish on the gantry. Is everyone for selfish like that hasn't caught a lot is saying like fifty kilo and it's like fifteen. <laughs> And then the broad bill of same weight, people are like, oh, it's like 30 kilo and it's like 75. Yeah. Yeah, because yep. they're just so solid. Ah, solid, yeah. 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 And that's something that like I hadn't oh, – I've seen a couple before I'd moved to Exmouth but never hanging on a gantry. They'd be in a – you know, I've seen a couple of fish shops and stuff like that. But you look at photos of them and they're cool fish. It's not till you see one up really close. They're just fat and that – I think the word is – Caudal peduncle, tail wrist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't taper in, eh? It just no, goes It's boom. just fat and then just, yeah, it's crazy. So they're just saying, we caught one, that, that one we um, tagged for um, the, the one in the comp that um, we actually thought that was a horse. That was, I'm trying to think how we hooked it. I think it was just sort of on, was marking around, then it started to, as it was coming up. That's right. We thought it was tiny. Actually, we thought, we didn't even think it was a sore to start with. We thought it was, we'd seen this. Tiny little something going on with the rod, and um, thought we maybe had like some bycatch, whatever. And then it started to come up, and like, no, nah, it's a sword. If it's swimming up, it's probably a sword. And then as it's coming up, started to get a bit tighter on it, like, yeah, it's got a bit of weight. And then it stopped, come up to where that water got warm, went down again. And I was at full proper, proper sunset, and it's just going ding, 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 straight <laughs> down. I think, like, oh, this is this is the one, this is the one I've been looking for, the 200 keg plus. And strapped in and everything and um, eventually come up and it was just hooked in the dorsal. So it was just, wow. you know, pulling different. Nightmare. So it was yeah. a bit – but and then it sort of – when it came up, it was because we couldn't control it that well, obviously. Yeah. It's come up behind the boat and we saw it from the top. We're pulling from the dorsal, obviously, and it was just fat. It's so fat and I'm still, you know, thinking in my head, it's 250, it's 300, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, and I'm saying Brendo was with me. I'm like, yeah, 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 like, you know, what, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? And he's like, oh, no. Nah. And then it sort of turned over and it was, we reckon, 80. Yeah. But it was just like so fat. I got photos and you can't tell at all in the photos. They're just, just round, you know, just guts and the thing. So, I mean, there's, there's the bait that they're chasing, squid and all that kind of thing. There's a lot of it yeah. you know, around. They can just cruise around and nothing's going to bother them. So they just, you know, smash stuff. You know, yeah. So. Well, I think that's one of the issues I've only, I think I've done like, five or six trips uh, chasing swords and the ones I've uh, done at night, that's half the problem is all the squid yeah. taking the bait and yeah. those uh, cookie cutter sharks yeah, man. and shit it's like that. Nightmare. So, yeah, yeah um, I think we we had one on the rod uh, that we believe was a sword and we had one that we got to the boat that was a tiny little sword with uh, the Dixons when they were running diversity Charters, just um, us, and we stuff that one up completely. Um, but like Leewald said, I think the most interesting part goes back to the longliners uh, through the WA coast, like uh, the stories were. And like it, it was sort of before anyone was recreationally chasing them. And then when we were, it was all nighttime. But the word was that out of here, they didn't just get big ones, they got lots. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's probably the least developed fishery or like bill fishery in WA as far as recreational. Easily. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think I think this thing's going to make it interesting to see what what does happen 
you know, like um, across the whole WA coast yeah. uh, to find out, you know, when people start really chasing them. Um, I don't know what you reckon, Leewald. Oh, in my experience, I've done a couple of days and probably 50-50 on like 50% of the time catch one without really knowing a lot. What What's your sort of stats there, ben? Yeah, oh, look, we're, we're, the thing we're really trying to do now is – Work out if there's a season. Yeah. So yeah. we've mostly fished previously from like autumn, winter, start of spring because we're not blue fishing then, yeah. you know. And we're, you've also got once you get to October, November, December, you know it's windy here so it's bloody hard to fish for swordfish. But we've sort of been trying this last I don't know, 18 months or so just go whenever we can and see what happens. And, I mean, yeah. I've been doing that lately. Um, I think I've had uh, well, me, me and Brendo, who I fish with a lot from Innkeeper Charters. Um, we've had caught two, dropped one out of about probably done eight days, something like that, over the last month or two. Yeah, we've caught fish now in every month or quarter, or at least had bites or dropped, or you know, definitely swordfish um, in every month except for November and October, I reckon. So yep. there's. I reckon there's resident fish here. Yep. Um, I was working on the theory that the bigger ones are this time of year, but I don't think that's true now. And then it seems to be that sort of winter, which it makes sense if you think yeah. about water temp and all that, that that's probably better. So if you fish those or our, our sort of stats through that period, is probably a fish every second trip, but averaging a bite a day. But within that yeah. we've had, and we've had a few years ago when we were struggling to work out how to catch them, We've had days of like, you know, five, six, seven, I don't even know. I don't want to talk about it, you know, like, <laughs> and yeah. just not hooking them or just stuffing up or thinking they're little ones or whatever we were doing back then. Yeah. Um, our best day of actually catching them is um, two from three. Yeah. And that's, that's that's awesome. That's a good day, but it's that's not awesome. like, you know, that's that's nothing crazy. No. You know, but it's still still pretty pretty good like on a worldwide said, scale, you know. It's like undeveloped. Yeah. You guys obviously, you're putting in – arguably the most time into it but you know i would imagine like you said with blue fishing you probably haven't done it done sword fishing anywhere else so you you know you're still figuring that out and the fishery here is definitely like the first few years so i i started here um i don't know say eight years ago the first time i probably went and tried to catch a swordfish and fishing at night and like you said it's just mate how many sharks can you catch yeah like oh horrid i think we may have dropped one one time, had a scuffed leader, yeah. that maybe, you know, that prob- could have been anything. Yep. And I kind of gave up on it after not many, probably th- two, three, four, nine, I don't even know. Um, and then fished it, did a couple of drops probably, what are we now? So it must have been like 2015 or 16, something like that. And no go. And then there's a fellow by the name of Chris Lee Cooper who used to work in um, Blue Water Tackle here and he's now down at um, Two Oceans Tackle. We're sponsoring this comp as well. Yep. Um, he and I fished um, a spot down off like well, most of the way to Coral Bay. Yep. And um, we got a fish for him. That was, you know, our first proper day that we really did. And that one was like 97, I think. Yeah, okay. And thinking like, oh, how, how good is this? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. easy, you know. Well, and was then, it off a spot that he had or was it just – Well, it was off a spot off Navionics that looked like – this and that actually they had caught a fish. Him and his mates had caught a fish there before. Yep. Um, there was only a small one, and Navionics charts being Navionics charts, it looked like this 
wicked edge and whatever and we were on his boat that day um, and we didn't have – sound wasn't working or something or other so we just fished off the, the chart and got that fish and thinking, right, well, this is the spot. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 for yeah. sure there's two fish now off this – of probably two or maybe three trips of fish down there. Yep. And um, – I've since been back and there's nothing, nothing. there. Like <laughs> it's just just the shelf, you know. Like yep. so, we just got hell lucky. And look back now, you know, you think it, it was it was the coolest thing. I can still remember that fish that jumped out at one stage. We it sort of come up. We'd seen some bites and we hooked it, and then it was coming up. And Chris had caught a stripe deep dropping not very long ago. Yeah, and we've seen this thing come up. And it stuck its bill out. Chris didn't see it. I'm like, man, that was a bill. I'm pretty certain you're still going like, can't be a swordfish. Yeah. You know, there's, there's something in your head that's sort of like they're mythical, you know. And then um, fought it a bit, didn't do a huge amount to start with, run around a little bit and started to take a bit of line as it warmed up as we now know. And then come up and just jump sideways <sighs> 10 metres from off the starboard side of the boat. And it was just this, uh, you know, you get these things burnt into your head, this, yeah. Purple glowing, epic looking <laughs> fish, and it was just angry as hell. And Chris had his head down on the on the reel at the time, and he looked up and saw it go back in and just its tail as I'm going, ah, you know, like that sort of, <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's a marlin, and just stopped, you know, like, oh, no. like no, 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 like, it's not, it's not, like, you know, he's a swordfish. Are you sure, like, dude, you know, <laughs> unless I'm dreaming, a hundred percent is, yeah, and then, um, yeah, got that fish up and it come up on the leader and I remember saying to him like what do you want me to do like I can go hard as on the leader or I can go real easy because they got soft mouths yeah and he's like no nah, just just do it and expecting this thing to go nuts and you know went to take a double wrap and it just went uh, 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 and just come up and look get a gasp quick 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 and just you know whacked it and then yeah we suddenly we caught this swordfish and we were just you know obviously pumped as I think yeah. we had one more drop and then just went home just like loving life and then yeah like I said I've been back to that spot since and there's nothing there and we're just yeah. sort of lucky and looking at all the things we did that day and you look back and go, that's just, you know, sometimes you get a gift early when you're trying to, trying <laughs> yeah, well, to fish the, a new fishery. Just and to you get need your, it for yeah. everything that's come since. Yeah, and then we thought, yeah, well, okay, well, we're on to a, to a degree. Yep. And then I probably went at least a year yeah. until I got another bite, you know, like just <laughs> – yeah. so, yeah, it's just – that's how it goes and, you know, you, you're just going to – a lot of the stuff I look back at that, that year – that I was going out and just, just failing time after time and I'm fishing stuff. That was Tassie and, and well, it was just Tassie. Victoria hadn't really come online then. They were getting them but they the way they were fishing it, I was trying to follow them and then I'm looking at the ways guys did it in Florida which is, you know, famous sort of swordfish spot and wherever yeah. else. The Stanzics, those guys that pretty much invented deep dropping. Yep. Our fishery is completely different. So you're trying to fish it using that as a guide and, you know, unbeknownst to you, you're doing things that just aren't going to work. Yeah. Because you know, we're different here, you know, the, the way the fish are behaving, the bait, the whole lot. And then it's just been a process of slowly, or I will try this today. You know, we'll do that like, yeah. like you do with anything. And then there's no, I don't mean to sound like we've discovered anything because I'm way like Ross Newton from Real Teasers caught heaps of, like I think he's on 17 lifetime. Gatesy caught a bunch before me. John Prince had caught one. Um, Jason Browning, JB, who is getting them now, he's caught them sort of thing. So, But it's, you know, you, you're generally just building up those little bits and pieces that you learn and, you know, sort your own fishing style out but also work out yeah. what's going off Exmouth. So, um, yeah, it just took that amount of time to get to a point where we're firstly getting 
bit all the time and not just the occasional one or not getting bites and it's some dirty green eye shark or something just breaks <laughs> your heart. Um, and then converting those those bites or, you know, just doing different things to – I don't – some of the – we had a year a couple of years ago where we caught a couple of fish but we had we were getting bit all the time and just not catching them and trying everything we could possibly think of to convert that. It just didn't happen, and then the following year, we start we we started catch them, and we made some little changes, but, but nothing, nothing really. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just a run of small fish. We were starting to think they were just tiny. That's the reason we couldn't hook them or whatever. But they feed differently here. There's all sorts of things that go. Me and Squirrelly had a bit of that. We yeah. had a day we had like eleven bites and didn't catch one. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. nightmare. Oh, they go out of tantrum. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that like Brendo that I fished with, he's he's caught a couple um, over kiwis, an expat kiwi. Um, and he was they caught him. I think the first one they got was two hundred kegs or something like that. Oh, nice start. Yeah. Um, he had a day that he was same thing. They'd stitch a bait, put it down, whack, 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 whack. Wouldn't hook yeah. up, bring it up. It's all slashed up. Obviously, a swordfish put it back down there, whack, whack. So they had yeah, whatever it was, eight, nine, ten bites for the day. Never come up solid or anything. So you can't, you know, you, the bait presentation is the hard thing with the whole fishery because you've got hundreds of meters of line out. Yep. You've got to get it down there without tangling. Yeah. And then it's still got to look good. It's not like, you know, marlin trolling, you can go, it's come up and look, well, I can I can do a bunch of things to get that fish to bite, to convince it with sorting. Like you can muck around and do it. It's not doing much all the way down there. You know, you can yeah. wind up, drop it down, whatever. It's probably making that slightest bit of difference. So it's kind of up to the fish, you know. And Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's like marlin or any other fish too some days, no matter what you do. They're just, you know, like that day we had the 11 bites or whatever. <laughs> they might have just been slashing at it. Just, yeah. um, you know, reaction stuff, not actually hungry. Or yeah. That's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Because the excuses had to come out at the end of that. <laughs> well, that last one we got for the comp, like I said, it was hooked in the dorsal. That was we got bit early on. I mean, the first drift of the day, so 8, 9 o'clock, whatever it was. And that was a bite where it's just, the real one, just and it's on and I got on it, picked the rod up. It's a swordfish, I can tell, and it pulled the hook. Ah, spewing. Yeah. And then went all the rest of the day without a bite and just, you know, you're going to slash your wrists and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and then I'll have one more. The weather had gone to shit. We'll have one more drift. And um, that was that, that, like we saw the rod tip doing this, nothing funny. Yeah. And we're in, we'd, moved and gone all over the place and then come back to where we'd had that bite Yep, and got that fish and it hasn't eaten the bait. The bait wasn't even touched. It's just swimming around looking at it. I reckon it was the same fish. Yeah, It's been hooked at the start of the day and then, you know, a few hours have gone past and it's going to come and it's maybe had a go of the lights or swam through it and it's just happened to pull the leader over it and get hooked in the dorsal. Yeah, okay. So, you know, you don't know what's going on down there. Well, I think – uh, Princey's one was with your old boy, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. they just dropped down a bait in the middle of nowhere. and Yeah, so they uh, – I'd been talking to them about what I'd learnt, the depth range as a sword. So in my experience, anyway, just to put it out there for the listeners, swords like to live in 450 metres to 700. That's my experience. Don't take it as actual advice. You're a hack. Um, so I told them that. They just drove out without sounding anything, <laughs> drove out. I, I think it was deeper than 700 metres where they were, like 900 or 1,000. The old boy said to John, 
they like to live in 450 to 700, so they dropped the line and said, I think it's at 600. They weren't even fishing the bottom. Yeah. Popped the sinker, sat there, got him on. So that's another thing, obviously. I th- that's when it, you retire. Oh, yeah. You just don't do yeah. it again. They they came back with the attitude because I was, I was there when they were talking about it, like, you you guys have no fucking idea. This shit's easy. <laughs> They were full like, we could do this any day we wanted. Yeah, well, they were calling Princey Johnny One Drop and I think the worst thing he ever did was have that second drop because he didn't get one. <laughs> so. We caught a thresher after that because there's these big eye threshers that you get as a bit of a bycatch. Fuck, they're yeah. cool. Oh, they're wicked looking fish. and um, But it's become a thing around Australia anyway that they're, they're amazing looking fish but it's, you know, you think you've got a sword. Yeah, it's a shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, it's a shark. And Princey was all happy about it. And then he, just a little while ago, I was talking to him and he's saying something about this stretcher. Like, Mate, that's a minor score now. Like you're on, <laughs> you're back to par. You yeah. know, he wasn't very happy about that. But I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I'm a bit different to that. I, yeah. I've caught one of those stretchers as well, and I loved it. I love yeah. those sharks. I reckon they're cool. Like I, I'm a bit of a species fanatic, so well, I suppose. But Hawker that I fished with got two. Um, it must have been January. So I'd been – had that one that I got in December, which was at 150, and he had a charter that day, and I've just gone, oh, screw it, I'll go out. I said I was never going to go solo again after that first solo one. Yeah. Like, the weather's good, i got to go, and hooked up, and it comes out like, oh, it's another solid one. <laughs> like, you know, this, here we go, saga number two. But because I've learned a few things of how to deal with them, got it relatively easily um, after, I don't know, an hour or something or other. And rung him straight up and it was just like, you know, he's in there on a charter bottom fishing catch and gold band. It's like, <laughs> oh, I hate you. And then he's like, he's run straight out. I couldn't go and he's taken his boat and his missus. And um, I think they had a bite or dropped a fish that day, but he went two consecutive bites, two threshers, both hooked in the same left peck or something oh. like that. And they thought <laughs> they were swords. What a nightmare. His missus, you know, and particularly they stick their tail out or whatever and they thought it was a sword. And his missus is like, oh, that's cool. And he's just like, nah. <laughs> yeah. And I've been trying to tell him like, you know, they're a wicked fish, but guys from Vico SA where I'm from would kill to catch. They do kill to catch threshers. They yeah. go and target them. It's a different species. They get those common threshers down there. Yeah. Like, yeah, like guys will come here to do it and he's just slowly starting to get their idea of, oh, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe yeah. it's not the worst thing in the world. But they yeah. hooked one as well. We think it was a thresher last year that Janelle's missus was on on 24 that just went – that broke the reel. It was a um, 50 wide and it just collapsed. I can't remember what happened, but it seized. Yeah, right. And um, we think it was a big thresher. It could have been a big sword, yeah. don't know, but they were on it for quite a while and just like – couldn't move it, right? <laughs> and then we're thinking it was just a, one of those monster yeah. threshers. Do you do you guys use real crankies? Nah, no, nah, oh, we're real men. I've got <laughs> one. I've got one because I'm not a real man. Nah, but just nah. ask the question because you said the 50 wide collapsed. I had one on my 80 wide, and then this blue season without ever servicing it, we cooked it on a blue. And it happened to be the one that we swordfish with. I think the real cranky didn't do it any favours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we didn't tell Shimano that when I got it serviced. <laughs> but, but I think the scratches on the handle might have given it away. I think on the podcast now you have to say allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, that's um, – yeah, that's just – that's the annoying hard bit about sorting is winding the bloody bait up, you know. Like that's just – you, yep. you're going to have drops and wind it back up and, yeah, that sort of thing. But it's – yeah, it's just part of the deal. Yeah, you know, I don't like that deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see um, the IGFA have just done a, a slight rule change 
because obviously the guys over in America and Florida and stuff, they pretty much just fish electrics, electrics. for them. Um, and there's this whole thing. Oh, there's a couple of sword fishing pages on Facebook that you, you know, you follow I'm addicted to um, with guys going on about, you know, hand crank versus electric. They're talking about hand crank is still in like the rods in the holder and just yeah. flying them, which is, yeah. And there's, um, it's become a thing. The guys over in New Zealand, which catch them, are like, you know, any anytime someone says something about hand crank, they go, oh, it must be from New Zealand. You know, yeah. like because those guys are, you know, saying, well, we're real men, we actually yeah, fight. Actually fish. Catching them, yeah. Don't just press the button and all the dudes saying, you know, I identify as a button pusher or something. <laughs> yeah. It's a good laugh. But so good. IGFI, I think, changed the rules. So you couldn't use electrics at all. And it's yeah. just recently been a change that you can use it for dropping down, winding up, but you have to have it disconnected. So it's got to plugs out and you have to manually fight. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, one, okay. Once the bait's set, I think it is. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It allows it is for pretty cool, you know, yeah. just that bull. And they're, they're fishing different as well. We're not fishing. They use a weight and they've got – most of them guys aren't fishing IGFA legal anyway because they've got great big 150-foot yeah. leaders and whatever because yeah. they've got a lot of current there. Harpooning them and yeah, all, that all stuff. the little bits. Yeah. yeah. I, love, I love that some of those videos with harpoons. I love it so much. There's guys that, you know – They've got this fish on an electric. They haven't touched the rod. It's been wound up. It comes up at some little baby 30 kilos. So, whoa, whack it with the heart, like, Get another one in it. They're just like, you know, full seppos just going nuts. And you just like, man, get this thing's dead anyway. <laughs> I would love to do it. I would love to have oh, a crack at yeah. that. Yeah, it would be sick. <laughs> uh, um, do, do you think we were talking about the um, long lining? Uh, that's hasn't happened in this area for 20 years? Oh, uh, yeah, it still does happen. Really? Well, not as prevalent. I think it's just a little bit of prospecting. Yep. Oh, uh, 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 yeah, I suppose because the numbers are being cut back so much, there's only two long lining vessels in Western Australia now. Have, so have you ever, sorry to interrupt, have you ever done it? You've been. No, I haven't. I know a lot of guys that have, and yeah. I've been given a really good insight to it, but no, not personally done. I would have loved, I would love yeah. to do it. Yep. You know, but yeah, because of that, under my knowledge, um, they don't fish this far north because the fishery's really good with only the two boats and. They want big eye and bluefin yeah. tuna, which is high money fat fish. Where up here it's all swords and big yellowfin, which yeah, which aren't as yeah, which are good, cool, but, but they're not as Japanese market. Yeah, so and you can see that. I mean, the fishing we're doing, we're getting hardly any bycatch, man. Like yeah. we've had, yeah, these crocodile shark things. Um, we've had one good yellowfin, a sickle pomfret, a couple yeah. of those threshers. Um, it's pretty much just sword. We actually caught a goblin shark one time. That was yep. kind of cool. Yeah, radio. Yeah, but that they're was sick looking. Oh man, it was meant. It was and actually wasn't even. We didn't. Well, we caught a, sort of caught it, but it was. We caught. It was a second sword we caught for the day. Might have been the first time we caught two in a day. Yep. And we've had the reel just went. So no bites, nothing. Just ant come up on it. Same thing. I've got on, onto it and it was like heavy. And you know, same thing. I'm thinking this is a huge one. I'm strapping right in. And then wound it up, wound it up, come up, stuck its head out, and like, oh, it's like 60 keg of sword. Well, that's fine. Yeah. And then we're getting it close to the boat, and you could see there was a shark behind it. You'd see this, you know, there's just the tail of this shark. I'm like, oh, man, there's a shark on it. Once that's a bit weird. And it's getting closer, and like, it's not letting go. Like, it's right on. We've got it out the boat, and there's this shark under the other side, and the sword's come up, and it's just like ripped to shreds. All its skin was like, you know, it starts to go that pinky, like a, you know, yeah. shark sort of gets, and just all teeth marks all over it. 
and we've rolled it over and it's turned out the swordfish isn't hooked at all. The goblin shark's been on it. It's gone through its mouth. The hook's come out and the sword is lassoed with the hook around behind its dorsal. So That's what cool. the hell Shit. was going on? That, that sword must have attacked the goblin shark. Like yeah. the <laughs> goblin's eaten the bait yeah. and either the bait was hanging out of its mouth or it just went They've the shark. Crack. And then we've sort of – I still regret to this day um, – we're trying to get it out and see if we could want to let the sword go and see if it would swim because it was all cut up and um, pulled the goblin off and like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's because it was about that sort of size. And oh, that's awesome. And I just chucked it and I'm an ex, like, photojournalist. I didn't take a photo. <laughs> I take a photo of everything, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just threw it away and like, yeah, it's definitely a goblin shark. That's cool. And then let the sword go. He was like, he swam fine. He was all good and let him go and, yeah, caught a sword, high five, all that sort of thing. And then I looked it up a few days later. There's been like two or three um, specimens of goblin sharks in Australia ever, sort of yeah. thing. Like, yeah, I never, yeah. did never know. The goblin's got actually cooler. In, yeah, I know. Yeah. Sort of, and then like, oh man. And there's there's a bunch of others, like all sorts of weird sharks down there that look like it. But this was, I can't prove it, but it was 100 percent a goblin shark, man. That's it was just cool. different to some of them. Got longer nose or whatever. This was for sure. I had the full protrudable, yeah, mouth, the rubber whatever. nose looking yeah, thing. Just crazy. So it's um. I still, I still like the. I kind of like the bycatch, even though we yeah. get hardly any of it. Like I said, it's probably ninety percent swordfish. Seems to be off. Yeah, well, now. there's them escalors as well. The yeah. oil fish. I've seen a few guys. Matt Gates caught one of them. I haven't seen one of them yet. So I'm, um, I'm, I had oh, one. Oh, those moonfish. Oh, I want to catch one of them so bad. That's like right up the top. That's of my become list. The, the call now when we get oh. like hook a fish that's just obviously a small sword and like opa, opa, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know that's gonna be. <laughs> I want to catch one of yeah. them. Buddy, um, one thing I found cool one day we caught as I suppose it's sort of bycatch. We caught a striped marlin. Um, but it was on the electric reel on the way back up and mm. it was at 300 metres on the counter, so it was pretty reliable. And so you, it's not total sword bycatch because it's not fishing on the bottom where we were. But it proved a lot to me because I'd heard a lot about um, marlin bounce diving, yeah. doing like the opposite sort of a sword. So they go down when, if, the, if the bait's down deep, feed, and then they come back up. And they warm up, warm up again as a cold-blooded animal, like a lizard on a rock type thing, and that's been proven with satellite tagging. Yep. But it, it really definitively proved it in my mind, and now I realise when I'm marlin fishing and there's nothing, 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 and you don't even go anywhere. You could be going a 500-metre stretch back and forth, and two hours later, boom, there's one, there's another one, there's another one, and – they potentially are bomb diving there to God knows what depths. Yep. You know, yeah, I think they it's definitely awesome. are, man, for sure. Like they, they, a lot of times you know the way they're biting. They're eating squid. Mm. You know, they're not sort of coming up and crashing lures. And that's something that I don't end up doing it, but I want to incorporate in my marlin fishing now. Is instead of you know we normally we've got the sounder set the top fifty odd meters so I can see what's going on. You know, if you run over one that you might get to come up into the gear. Yeah, but we've been. Um, sounding swords, particularly in the shallower grounds, and have like marked stuff deep, but halfway up, three quarters of the way up. Yeah, that yeah, it could be swords, it could be shot. It's marlin, man. I'm yeah. certain, you know, in that know, in between, they're yeah. in there chasing yeah. that sort of stuff that's around. Because yeah, you've obviously got a current or something there that there's there's yeah. bait for the swords, but there's also bait for yep. the marlin. The thermocline they're in, or something like that. Yep. And um, yeah, I've, I've meant to sort of do it as like, don't worry, you know, try to set your sounder for down to 200 or something 
and see if it is those days when we're quiet but you're marking fish down deep, yeah. we'll just stay. You know, Don't go anywhere and just wait for them to come up, see if I'm – sometimes you know it's not going to happen if the current's not right on the surface and yeah. it's green, shitty water. They're just not – they're either not going to come up or they're not going to see your lures and stuff. Yeah. But it's definitely – yeah. And then we've sat there, you know, just sorting your – drinking these and <laughs> sitting around and talking shit and whatever and we've talked about yeah maybe that's the next step for our marlin fishing on those days is like let's put a livey down you know yeah, and stop yeah. and drop you know well even be- like what we had you know it was a um we were using a, a belly with a skirt over the top you know it's not not the best kept secret nick stanzik's got it all over youtube you know and um when we're cranking that up on the electric full noise it's just like trolling a skirt through the water you know you could just Put sinkers in skirts or whatever, drop them down to 400 yep. and crank them up full noise and then do it again and do it again, you know, like jigging for dog tooth tuna or whatever, yeah. you know, yep. like, and that could be a very, yep. if you could find them localized, it could be a very effective way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you're in a bit of a current eddy or anything, that's just, yeah, just having the time and the inclination to go and do it and, also turning the radio off so we're out there and not hearing guys like you just smashing blues and just. Yeah. <laughs> but up. the same thing, you know, like when you bluefish, like I said, you can work a patch that's 500 metres, right, mm. back and forth, back and forth, you're covering the same amount of water if you were in neutral and jigged up 500 yeah. metres back and forth, you know, you're covering that. So they used to marlin fish back in the day is just, you know, like shark fish and just sit there and drift, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'd get some sharks or <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't think that would be an issue. <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, it's all, you know, it's just sort of stuff you learn or – theories you've got that's what makes fishing fun is all that you know that well I, well it's how i like to fish is just to you've got something you're working on or a challenge or want to try this or whatever and i reckon eight out of ten times it doesn't work yeah but this is how the sport evolves and we catch more fish and get into these sorts of things you know yeah that's it yeah well i think i've learned a lot today so i might go to the pub and try and forget it all <laughs> um is there any more do you guys want to Say anything? Nah, I'm good. I thought it was very informative. Come down to GameX, even if you're not fishing. Yeah, come, come have a look. A, yeah, we got it on, I think, the last night, the Friday, there's a beer tasting night from Pirate Life Brewing. Ooh. Come down and drink their beer. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> come see, oh. see what's going on. I might have to – is it off back on the wagon or off the wagon? I might have to go and have some of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that goes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, is it presentation night or the no, night the before? No, the night before, like the Friday so. night, the last night of fishing. Yeah, yeah I've, I've never actually made it for a full presentation night. I've been there <laughs> twice. <laughs> Once I wasn't allowed in. Uh, that was the year I had the hook in my arm and I forgot my pass. Yeah. It was like years and years ago. And they were like, nah, you can't get in. I'm like, come on, mate. I, was, I still got the bandage on. And the other one, uh, they kicked me out. I uh, had a bit to drink. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> um, so I might, I might have to make it a, to the beer night. Just yeah, to- <laughs> come on. Anyone that wants to come along, like, you know, be happy to see you down there just for the sake of checking the joint out. It's, you know, it's a cool comp and it's nice to see folks down there and have a chat. So, um, yeah. Sick. So whoever wants to come, on, we'll, we'll say good day. All right. Well, cheers, Nagsy. Thanks for chumming up. No, thanks for having us. It's been um, it's been fun having a chat about swords and stuff. I could do it forever. So, yeah. and oh, thanks for the shirts. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So these are the, yeah the GameX new shirts, which yeah. is um, model Lee Mitchell. Yeah, normally pick someone good looking, but. <laughs> 
do with what you got, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, Salty Bones that does his um, Japanese fish prints. I reckon that's sick. Um, yeah, that's a GT we did last year. It's got a sailfish on the back and he'll be there each night of GameX. If you, you don't have to be in GameX if you want something you want to get printed. He'll be down there to do it. I think um, Lethal's um, doing a, a dog tooth that you've got there. And yeah, i got a dog tooth in the freezer, 30-odd kilos, and um, really looking forward to it. I've, I love his work. Yeah, he's a guru. I keep telling everyone that GT that's on there was one we got last year, and it's, I've got the original in my um, lounge room. And uh, usually when something like that happens, your taxidermy or fish or whatever, it's sort of like the missus just hates you for a while. <laughs> That's the one bit of fish artwork I've got that she really likes. Likes it. Yeah, she yeah. actually – because, yeah, you know, it's that's the thing. It's artwork, you know. It's not just a – a fish that I caught in a representation <laughs> of. Yeah, well, um, I still can't get that bit past <laughs> Come on, mate. We've seen your shop. You've got enough past your missus already. All right. Cheers, guys. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Oh, my God. What the fuck is happening right now? Dolphin in the killer whale's mouth. Holy shit. Oh, this is a bit terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> what? I'd like going down the farm and chasing bluegill in the dummy cars.